Blog Talk Radio. Tuning in, this is a Slammiversary Sunday. We're going to be talking some TNA, Ace and H, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, the whole kit and caboodle going on tonight at Slammiversary out there in Boston. And we mostly we want to hear from you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call to talk wrestling. Go over to our Facebook page. We got a show chat going on right now. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, each and every Monday night, we do a raw thread, so a uh, raw chat, whatever you want to call it. So you got a show chat going on right now. We'll do a raw chat tomorrow night, so you want to go over, check out the Facebook page, go over there. If you haven't liked it already, like it. Like it now, because we just, we're insecure and we want more likes. So go over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can always check us out on Twitter. Uh, that's at The Ken Reedy Show on Twitter. And you always go to our website, thekenreedyshow.com. So that's all the ways you can connect with us, the show, The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. As always, my tag team partner is on the line. So happy to have him on the line. No homo. But Dave, great to have you here tonight. How are you doing this fine weekend? I'm doing wonderful and uh, great to be there. No homo. It's amazing the stuff that like gets news coverage. I saw like uh, with the Pacers, and uh, I mean, I'm brain farting now on his name that he says no home on a press conference, and that's like a big deal now. Unbelievable. So, just being kind of a little bit of a joke at that. I I don't get it. It's let's just all can we all lighten up a little bit? Can we lighten up? Can you please? I uh, hope everyone's having a good time uh, this weekend. It's amazing. It seems like summer. We had we we didn't really have a spring, and now all of a sudden it's 90 degrees. So summer's here. Hope everyone's staying cool. We're gonna get right into this Slammiversary conversation. And uh, one of the things we posted up on the Facebook page. It's funny actually, Dave, that I posted on the Facebook page today. Uh, who will be watching Slammiversary tonight? And and nobody responded. So uh, I'm hoping TNA has a you know, a decent amount of pay-per-view buys tonight. Uh, pulling for them, but. Uh, Nobody on the Facebook page said they were going to be ordering Slammiversary, so uh, hopefully maybe they just didn't see the post. But one of the things that people did respond, and 
So Bill got a little bit passionate about it, and I thought this would be a cool uh, uh, in, initial topic, a cool uh, start to the show. Kurt Angle, uh, tremendous athlete and uh, guy that is definitely an all-time great. And, uh, you know, he, he went to TNA. He's in the WWE, went to TNA, and uh, it's interesting. He's had an interesting career. Uh, very athletic individual, very entertaining uh, performer. I've always been a fan of Kurt Angle's. Uh, the question on the Facebook is, where do you rank Kurt Angle on your all-time list? And did TNA hurt his historical rankings? And uh, interesting, uh, you know, Mike Ferrara jumped on the page and ranked him at 30 and said that it didn't hurt him going to TNA. Uh, Frank Pintaro jumped on and said going to TNA completely destroyed his historical value. You don't play half your career in the NFL and the other half in the CFL. Not if you want it to matter anyway. Bob Scott fires back. Guys like Frank are the reason I hate people. Wow. That's, uh, poor Bob Scott hates people. But anyway, he says, I hate people. This guy makes it sound like Kurt Angle's been wrestling guys fresh out of wrestling school and high school gymnasiums. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, not to mention the classic rivalry based on real-life circumstance with Jeff Jarrett. Angle is top five all-time without question. I think him going to TNA has been a wash. Lost exposure, underutilized, but he's had some amazing matches. Don't think with his health issues and the WWE schedule, he would have lasted very long. I think TNA was the right move for him. So all interesting uh, tidbits, interesting opinions, and... and I found it interesting because it was kind of all over the place. I mean, you had people saying that uh, it did hurt him. People say it didn't hurt him. We we range here from someone who says he's a top five all time to someone who puts him at number thirty. So uh, it's an interesting debate. Uh, Dave, I'm curious, where do you fall on everything surrounding Kurt Angle, his career, and his his move to TNA? Well, he's had a phenomenal career. Um, there's one thing that could never be taken away from him. He is, you know, in wrestling, there's a lot of, you know, benchmarks that guys reach, whether it be number of title reigns or, you know, certain, uh, you know, uh, milestones with, uh, you know, whether it be winning Royal Rumbles or, you know, main eventing WrestleManias or, you know, selling out arenas or whatever. Kurt Angle is got one benchmark on his resume that nobody can touch, and it's the fact that he's the only Olympic gold medalist in the history of professional wrestling, something he accomplished before he entered, you know, the, the sports entertainment industry, uh, something that can never be taken away from him. And going into the professional wrestling industry with that on your belt, you know, that, that – there was a lot of pressure on him, but he rose to you know he rose to the occasion early on, and he became a name, a household name, pretty quickly in the WWE. And he accomplished just about anything he could do there, wrestling all the top guys at the time. Um, and going to TNA at that time, TNA was a young company; they were probably about four years old at the time, I would say. And Having someone like him help legitimize them or get to a, a legitimate point, I should say. They're not they're not up there on the level of the WWE, but it didn't hurt TNA by having a Kurt Angle. And it certainly didn't hurt Kurt Angle, too, because he worked with a lot of fresh talent. You know, at the time of his departure, he had just about wrestled everybody. Austin, Rock, Undertaker, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, 
Batista, uh, you know, he wrestled Hulk Hogan, Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, the list goes on. And at that time in the WWE, there really wasn't an, an influx of newer talent. Now, you know, right around the time Kurt Angle left, CM Punk came in. You know, you can imagine what kind of matches those guys had, but uh, would have had. But it was probably a good move at the time for Kurt Angle to go to TNA because TNA was more of a wrestling-based company um, at that time. You know, a lot of the emphasis on the product was about wrestling itself. Um, and that seemed to fit Kurt Angle's mold. You know, when he jumped to TNA, I thought, this is great. Like, this is really going to help them. And just imagine the matches he's going to have with, first off, Samoa Joe, who was the hottest thing going at that time in the company. And then you got AJ Styles, guys like Christopher Daniels. Um, you know, I think his TNA run has, has – has, it hasn't been as successful as his WWE run, but it's been good. Kurt Angle's been put in a spotlight that he wasn't really put in – to a higher degree in the WWE. You know, he had guys like Triple H and The Undertaker and The Rock and Steve Austin ahead of him. Kurt Angle's been a focal point for the company for a long period of time, and I think with his hard work in the ring and, you know, just how well he adapted from going from amateur wrestling to professional wrestling, I think he deserved that spot, and TNA was willing to give it to him. Um, I, You know, Mike Ferraris is top 30. I would probably, I mean, those lists, and we've talked about it to death with these lists with the greatest of all time. And, you know, there are countless names that could, you know, that, that could fit each, any person's list. But Kurt Angle, to me, he's definitely in a top 20. I couldn't really say where he is, but he's definitely in a top 20 of all-time greats. Um, you know, he's just one. He was a, he's a different, rare breed of a, of a professional wrestler. Um and something that was, you know, when he came along was fresh and new, and people caught on to it, and they liked it. And uh, you know, those are my feelings on Kurt Angle. I, I personally think, you know, he he spoke recently about possibly making a return to the WWE on a part-time level, depending on when his TNA contract runs out. I'd like to see him come back, work some big high-profile matches um, with a few names and get those guys over. And I think it, I think he would owe it to the company who basically helped put him on the map to kind of do like a final swan song with them, and with no disrespect towards TNA whatsoever. At the end of the day, it's up to him what he wants to do. But as a fan, I would personally like to see him have one last run if he's going to retire with the WWE, like on a part-time level, kind of like what Lesnar and The Rock has done. Yeah, I mean, it's such a tough uh... – you know, and, and you're right. I mean, that's what's fun, though, about the list. I mean, you can, you know, it depends on, you know, a lot of times it depends where, when you, uh, you know, how old you were, what eras you, you lived through, um, you know, where you wind up ranking people. I, and it's difficult. I mean, I find Kurt Angle difficult. And, and a, a lot of it is almost like what you said. It's those, you know, over this past decade, and you can't fault the guy. I think you're you're right. You know, at the time, it was a good move for him. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, you look at WrestleMania now, and WrestleMania has evolved over this past decade into purely a stadium event. I mean, it is WrestleMania is just enormous. Um, when you look in context of his career, you know, does he get more of these pivotal, historical, big moments in his career? Uh, at perhaps uh, a WrestleMania or other WWE pay-per-views that 
you know, get more attention, get more notoriety, and consequently, does that move his historical value up a bit? I honestly think one of the best points made with with all of this when we were talking about it was Nick Morris, who said, you know, the one thing that you got to look at is his health. And I really didn't think, because my gut reaction is that it hurt his career, and it hurt his uh, historical significance. And I, and, uh, I think it helped TNA a lot. And he's had some classic matches, don't get me wrong. I love Kurt Angle. I'm a big Kurt Angle fan. Um, you know, one of the guys I always think of, like, when I think of Kurt Angle, and it's interesting because I, when I come up with my list, and I should probably come up with another list at some point, but uh, when I initially made a list, you know, I had Shawn Michaels higher on my list than Kurt Angle. And when I started thinking about this, it's like, wow, I wonder if these two guys, like, switched careers. And I wonder if, like, something happened where Kurt Angle was the one that got, like, the nod to go and wrestle Taker. And, and at WrestleMania 25, Kurt Angle had a classic against The Undertaker. And, and Shawn Michaels had great matches in TNA, but it was TNA. Like, would people kind of change their opinions on, like, where Kurt Angle ranks? And where Kurt Angle ranks, uh, you know, as far as Shawn Michaels. And I just thought, I thought of Shawn Michaels, too. I was thinking of those, like, classic in-ring kind of performers and, you know, he was the guy that came to mind. And so my gut reaction was, yes, the move to TNA hurt Kurt Angle's career. However, when I when I thought about Nick Morris, it, it's an interesting way of looking at things because, well, if he stayed, we can't necessarily say, well, all right, he stayed in the WWE and he was able to maintain, like, his level of performing uh, with a more hectic, more in- involved schedule in the WWE. So it's... It is an interesting debate. I do disagree with with uh, Mike. I do rank him uh, a bit higher. Uh, yeah, definitely in the top twenty. Uh, you know, to me, maybe he's he's skating into that top fifteen. You know, a guy who's had a tremendous, uh, you know, tremendous career, uh, a lot of classic matches. Uh, it would be cool to see him come back for you know to have a you know definitive send off, a big WrestleMania moment. Uh, towards the end of his career, but who knows? I mean, he is a guy who uh, correctly stated, Dave, I mean, he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he uh, he legitimized TNA. He, uh, he really put TNA on the map, and, uh, you know, maybe for, you know, the rest of us as wrestling fans, you know, we were really optimistic that TNA would, you know, continue to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they have grown, but they're not quite, you know, they're not a competitor of the WWE. Uh, they're, they're an alternative there's something else. Uh, there, there's something fun to watch, but there, you know, I don't think you can really say that TNA uh, or Impact Wrestling is a, a competitor of the WWE. So, uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting debate. Again, gut reaction. I go with yeah, it probably did hurt his historical significance. However, you know, who knows? I mean, if he stayed with the WWE, maybe Kurt Angle is done you know, five years ago. So who knows? I mean, his health is definitely an issue, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a tough debate. It's an interesting debate. And that's why we post these things, so we can disagree and agree to disagree and debate about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of side with you, Dave. I think I'd put him somewhere in the top 20, maybe cracking the top 15. Uh, but an interesting debate. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We are in a Slammiversary Sunday, lots of stuff going on with uh, Slammiversary. Interesting, you know, uh, Bully Ray wrestling Sting for the title, and uh, we're going to go into all these matches. You know, I, I scratch that. Since we're talking 
Kurt Angle, big match going on tonight. Let's stick with Kurt Angle. He's wrestling AJ Styles. I'm looking forward to probably a classic matchup between these two guys. You know, Dave, a match that probably could steal the show. Uh, your thoughts on the storyline and, and everything going on with AJ Styles, with Kurt Angle, their involvement in Ace and Eights. Uh, your thought on this matchup coming up tonight? Well, the match should be good. They've always had great matches together. I mentioned earlier when I talked about when Kurt first went to TNA, I was looking forward to him working with AJ Styles. They had some, they've had some great matches in the past. What I'm looking more forward to about this match is the character change that AJ Styles has taken in the past few months, being a little darker and more aggressive. And, you know, we talked about that submission move that he had, uh, you know, debuted a few months back. I don't know what he called it, but uh, – He's got a you know like a, a leg lock type submission move. Um, I'm looking more forward to this match because AJ, you know, as his character has evolved and has changed, you know, we haven't seen him in too many matches. Um, are we going to see a different in-ring product of AJ Styles in terms of his style? No, uh, no pun intended. With Kurt Angle, um, I, I really look forward to the for because I think this will be like a different layer and a different dimension of the classic matches that these two have had in the past. Um, as far as the storyline goes, I'm just kind of confused. And I mean, yeah, we know that AJ kind of sides on his own, and he's not with TNA, but he's not with the Aces and Eights. But I think, at least to me as to this viewer, they they did the you know the reveal or the decision that AJ decided not to go with the AC. I think they did it a little too early, um, and he's still going to have this match with Kurt Angle. As a fan for the in ring action, I'm looking forward to it, but I, I'm I'm confused as to what the payoff is for this. Like what's what's the end result of this of this match? Like is angle going you know is it is it angle just getting revenge is it as simple as that or is there going to be some more involvement with the aces and eights are they going to want to take out both guys during the match i mean we saw two weeks ago aj decided not to go with the aces and eights granted he went after kurt angle and still had attacked him but um i just don't know what the end was i i I guess it's in a good way. I don't know what the end result's going to be. I don't know where this is leading to, but I'm just more or less confused because of the way that they kind of structured the storyline, so to speak. They put the they put the payoff for the AJ Aces and Eights thing before the match with AJ and Angle. So I thought maybe they might have would have done it during this match at Slammiversary, but these days in wrestling. Payoffs happen more on television than they do at the actual pay-per-views because more people watch the television shows than the actual pay-per-views, uh, you know, across the board, both WWE and TNA. So, but overall, I'm looking forward to the in-ring product of the match, and I'm intrigued as to what they're going to do, where these two are going to go from from here. Are they going to continue after each other? I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm intrigued by it, and I look forward to it. And I will say this, you know, we're talking Kurt Angle. Tonight they're supposed to reveal the second member of the TNA Hall of Fame. It wouldn't surprise me if Kurt Angle is another name that goes into the, the, the TNA Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. if I mean, you got both those guys, you know, both AJ Styles and Kurt Angle. That could be uh, a name going into the TNA Hall of Fame. And, and if you, you do Kurt Angle, I mean, do they add that to uh, – 
the angst of one AJ Styles, you know, not you know Kurt Angle being the guy that goes to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I agree with you. You know, they could have. You know, it's funny because a lot of times we talk about things being dragged out and not being good. You know, I don't know. I mean, they could have done something where, you know, the payoff on the pay-per-view that maybe AJ gets patched in on impact. They have the moment where he, you know, cracks angle on the knee with the, with the hammer. And maybe he sticks with Ace and Eights until the, uh, the pay-per-view. And then at the pay-per-view, he wins the match. The entire group comes in to celebrate with AJ. You know, AJ then does his attack with the hammer, takes off the cut, throws it down, and, and walks off. Um, you could have done something like that just to kind of give you something. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, AJ walks alone. You know, that's where they're going with this. Uh, you know, I think it's, I mean, it's funny because as we talk about this, as a wrestling fan, I don't think anybody here is worried about the in-ring product. I think we're, you know, borderline classic you have to look forward to. I mean, these guys, these two getting in the ring, uh, it should be a real good match. It should be a, a real good match to see how AJ further develops this new character. Uh, but it is, uh, where is that payoff? Uh, what What is AJ Styles going to do to Kurt Angle tonight? Um, are we going to have something where... You know, I hope we don't have a finish where Ace and H runs in and it's like, you know, it's just a a melee and, and you don't have any sort of winner. Do you have someone get DQ'd? Uh, how do they go? Do they have Ace and H run in and somehow Kurt Angle and AJ Styles are fighting on the same side for a period of time? Uh, uh, it, it's interesting because the way AJ Styles is, the way the character is developed now, you know, you would think at some point, you know, he has to ally himself with somebody because everyone wants to kill him now, and that's just not going to work. Eventually, you think the numbers game would just get the better of him. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he, he then he hit Angle with a hammer. That's got to hurt, you know, getting hit with a hammer on the knee. So, you know, I know it's wrestling, and, and I guess that, you know, anything can happen, but it's, you know... You would think it has to happen down the road if Kurt Angle and AJ Styles are ever going to make up and fight on the same side. So I guess that the most intrigue, like you're saying, Dave, is, uh, you know, where exactly they go with this AJ Styles character. Uh, you know, how far are they going to go with this loner thing? Are they going to bring someone else on? Are they going to, is he going to start his own little group? Uh, what are they going to do exactly with AJ Styles? You're, uh, who do you think, I'm curious, Dave, uh, who do you think is going to win this match? Um, I really don't know. I think AJ should win, my personal opinion. Um, Angle doesn't need the win. I think if they have plans for AJ Styles going forward with this loner character, and if they're building towards something with him and Bully Ray, or even, you know, any particular member of the Aces and Eights, I think it would be beneficial to him to look strong going into, you know, a, a showdown or a confrontation with the the, the top heel faction um, in the company. However, um, it it hasn't surprised me in years past where, you know, they've TNA has booked you know some of the older stars to go over on some of the younger stars. And uh, I just read an interview with Kurt Angle recently where he talked about how he's kind of been missing from the main event scene, not involved in, you know, the, the, the title picture, but he sees, you know, he said he needed to take a break from that and focus on other stuff. 
um, outside in his personal life. So it wouldn't surprise me maybe if Angle wins tonight and setting something up with uh, him and Bully Ray um, in the meantime before uh, Bound for Glory. I mean, who knows? Uh, but my my gut my gut's gonna say AJ is that AJ Styles is gonna win tonight. I, I, you know, it's funny. I want to agree with you, but I, I think, you know, as much as I don't want it to happen, I think we're going to have a a run-in melee with Ace and Eight, a, a double uh, DQ or, or double whatever. You know, they're just going to get beat up by Ace and Eight. So both of them are going to get beat down. Um, you know, maybe they set up something because they get beat down by Ace and Eights uh, this week on Impact. Angle and AJ have to team up in a tag team against uh, members of Ace and Eights. Uh, but that that's what I see happening tonight. I don't think that we're going to get a clear winner. I think Ace and Eights comes in. I think they're going to, uh, you know, continue to try to make Ace and Eights look strong. Uh, they're going to get their revenge on uh, AJ Styles tonight. So, that's what I see happening. So I don't think we get a clear-cut winner. I think we have a tremendous matchup. And, I, and I, again, I, I'm not saying that I'm happy with that. It's just my gut is telling me we're going to have an ace and eights run-in uh, during this match. So a borderline classic bout for the most part with a finish that maybe a lot of wrestling fans are not happy with. But I am saying a a run-in, and we do we do not get a clear-cut winner. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Is the number to call. What do you think of AJ? What do you think of Kurt Angle? What do you think of everything going on in Slammiversary? Big night to talk some TNA wrestling, and we're going to go out to the phones uh, in a little bit. Just let you guys know, uh, Steve Off, who is a TNA gut check hopeful, is going to be joining us a little bit later on, talking about the uh, new, new, new revamped, revamped uh, gut check challenge. So he's going to be a part of it, uh, pulling for... Steve to get himself out there, get him on TV, so he's going to be giving us a call a little bit later on, but for now, we're going to go out to the phones, and we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Oh, I how often, like, I just, I want to, I mean, I, this is like, doing this is such a, you know, it's it's a great reprieve from like real life. Just and this, I wish I was doing this uh, as a career because I can't tell you how often in real life at my job, like I just want to go into meetings and just say that to people. Uh, maybe when I finally get really sick of it and just like I don't care if I get fired, I'll just I'll get. Or maybe if I win the lottery, that's how I'll get fired. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of this week, Tony? Okay, well, yeah, I guess a little Super anniversary. That should be good to show you. We're, you know, sticking with the Angle AJ. Um, the, the match itself should be should be really, you know, should be really fun. This should be really fun. I mean, those guys are those guys are really awesome. You know, they have had you know, had great matches before. Um, even like so, I, I think you're right there on the like them uh, having AJ not joining up with their, or having AJ, you know, like, not um, be with Aces and Eights. Actually, you know, I can. Saying that he's he's not part of it was a little too soon because now it's like it feels like the match doesn't while it should be good it, it feels like it's kind of lost some of its uh, momentum because it's like you know AJ's not on the T uh, on the uh, Aces and H team so it's you know and then it's like Angle Angle's still yeah I mean he still wants to get he he still wants a piece of him or whatever but it's um yeah so it, it, it it's, it's a little it's it's I'm not, it's not confusing, but it's it's a little you know it's like they they, they could have done it tonight you know it's like have them have them run out or whatever, uh, 
you know, and then, like, maybe do something where it's like AJ, you know, like AJ just, you know, could have attacked him, you know, like, tonight instead of doing and doing that last, uh, you know, doing that on Impact a couple of weeks back. But, uh, that's, you know, if we get an and eights running, I hope they don't, I really hope they don't overdo it. They don't both the run-ins, you know, because the whole, you know, like, because, yeah, I mean, Tina's done that before where it's, like, in the middle of a match, you know, it's like a guy, you know, like, two guys are going at it, and then they've come out, and then the two guys who <laughs> are wrestling each other run off, that run them off, or get beaten down by them or whatever. But, so, I don't know, I, I, think, I think they'd be kind of a, I don't know, I, I think they'd be a little overkill if they have, if they have, if they, you know, if they have too many aces and eights guys come in and, uh, you know, you know. I tend to, to agree. It's like it's me predicting with my head and not not my heart. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to see that. I just I have a feeling that that's what I'm going to see. And I and I I can almost see like leading up to to Impact saying that you know we're going to force AJ and Angle to team up with each other to uh, take on a couple of the members of Ace and Eights. And I just I I don't know. My gut is just telling me that it's going to be a run in and we're not going to get a true finish in this match. But again, hopefully. With the, these two guys, up until that moment, if that in fact happens, I'm sure we'll get some uh, some kick-ass wrestling. I'm curious out of out of all the matches that are booked, and and you're right, Tony. Uh, it does have a lot of potential to be a very entertaining pay-per-view. Uh, was it eight matches uh, booked for the night? Um, is there any one match? Is is it the AJ Styles Kurt Angle? What are you looking forward to tonight? Uh, yeah, I got. I would say that uh, the Kurt Angle. Uh... The angle AJ and uh, probably maybe the tag title match, you know, should be uh, should be interesting. Uh, but I uh, probably Kurt Angle and AJ Styles from you know like as far as the in ring the in ring stuff goes, it's probably looks like the strongest match on here. What do you think about how they set up the pay per view? I'm curious your thoughts. I mean, have you been enjoying uh, Impact Wrestling as of late? Is is it kind of a mixed bag for you? Are you really pumped for Slammiversary? I mean. You know, there's a lot. I mean, you tool around the internet, and a lot of people are very critical. Some people are enjoying it. I mean, it seems like opinions out there as far as Impact Wrestling is kind of a mixed bag. Um, are, are you are you enjoying Impact these days, uh, or what, what are your thoughts on the lead into the pay per view? Uh, well, I thought I thought this. I thought the go home uh, the, the go home edition could have you know the, the build could have you know the, the the final hype could have been could have been better, but. Uh, you know, because it was like they just throw out Jeff Hardy's, uh, some other Joe just throws out Jeff Hardy's name out of nowhere instead of like, you know, giving it a couple of weeks to build up. You know, and it was, so, uh, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought the build was kind of, yeah, you know, like I said, the, the build could have been, could have been better. Um, some of the stuff has been, you know, like I said, some of the stuff has been good. I mean, you know, the, the Bully Ray is always great when he, when he's on the mic, you know, I mean, you get, you get solid exhibition matches and everything, you know, but, uh, Anytime we see you know like Hogan and Sting come out, or you know, or they're like the backstage segment with with the with the Hogans, you know, with Hulk and Brooke, it's just like you know, some of that, you know, like that stuff can be really uh, can be really hard to to uh, sit through. Um, even the Sting, you know, like the or uh, like Joseph Park with Sting, you know, it's like him t- teaching him, you know, like the the, uh, the the inside inside terms of wrestling or whatever, you know, it's like okay, okay we get it. You know, it's like, they don't need to make a character. They don't, they don't, they don't need to put this on the shelves. It's like, well, I don't know if I want the strap. I don't know if that's good or not. It's like, I'm, God, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I guess, but, uh, yeah, so, like I say, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, hit and miss, like, I guess, a lot with TNA, you know, I mean, even, like, you know, freaking when uh, Dixie Carter came out, I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I was just like, oh, no, 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 no
Uh, your thoughts but before I let you go, Tony. I mean, the big thing with with uh, Impact, and you know, I think I think Dave, you touched on it on the Facebook page. We were discussing stuff. You know, it, it's it's interesting, and sometimes with uh, Impact Wrestling, they they have a, a tendency to uh, venture into the land of hyperbole, and they they make uh, an announcement that uh, something huge is coming up. Uh, you got to watch Impact. Uh, an enormous surprise. Uh, something that'll change the landscape of of professional wrestling, and, you know, I mean, you'll have to say, tune in on Impact. This will change the landscape of Impact Wrestling forever. And, you know, Sting changed his makeup. You know, it's like, it's like, it's always like they, they kind of, you know, exaggerate this big announcement, and then it, it doesn't it doesn't live up to, like, the hype. And, and sometimes I think Impact could do, do themselves a favor and uh, either just not do that at all and let us be surprised when when something happens out of the ordinary, or at least say, yeah, we got a, a special announcement coming up. Tune in, you know, uh, so they don't set you up to be disappointed. Uh, the big announcement is that supposedly Dixie Carter has signed a game changer. Game changer. Uh, in the landscape of professional wrestling, someone who's going to change the game, so to speak. Rock Impact Wrestling. Uh, your thoughts, Tony? you care to speculate on who may be joining the ranks of Impact Wrestling. You mean another shocking announcement from Dixie about uh, who's, the, what is it, the new hot free agent or whatever? The free agent. You care to speculate who that might be? Uh, I think, Gabe, didn't you say like it could be like John Morrison maybe? Because I, I don't know. Yeah. Just, yeah, because you know, it's like, I mean, whoever it's going to be, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be us. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be like a blow away. Like, oh my God, they got, oh, they got, they got this guy now. You know, it's like I don't think it's gonna be anything like that. You know, it's like somebody like, oh, okay, they got this guy who was in WWE. Okay, right. I, yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I think. That, yeah, yeah, I don't think you know, like with Dixie constantly saying, oh, you know, we got the, the game changer, or oh, something. You know, we're gonna have this or that, and you know, all these major announcements. It's like, you know, it's like. You know, I believe it's major want to see it. You know, it's just like you know, Dixie kind of tends to overdo it, and it's like even you know, it's like they hype her Twitter relentlessly on the show. It's like, oh, you can check out Dixie's uh, Twitter to see where Bound for Glory is, and then they tell you later in the show anyway. So it's like, what, what do you need to follow her Twitter for? <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the WWE app. Sometimes it's you know you oh, tell God, them to follow the app, and then and then you show it at the bottom of the screen. So it's like, okay, so I really didn't have to. Use the app, but uh, yeah, good point. They do uh, constantly show what she's tweeting over the course of the day, so uh, we'll see. We'll see who that game changer is. As always, Tony is our expert blogger. He blogs on Raw, Impact, and SmackDown on the KenReadyShow.com. Be sure to check out his blogs. Best blogger in the business. Tony, thank you so much for the call. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Oh, yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks a lot, man. It's interesting, Dave. I mean, when we talk about TNA and we talk about Impact Wrestling, we talk about, you know, what they can do and what they can do to improve. And, uh, you know, part of it, I mean, it, it's funny. I mean, with, with them, you know, wrestling fans, they get kind of, you know, some wrestling fans get bent out of shape, you know, oh, God, you know, we, we don't want Hogan there anymore. But at the same time, I get it. You know, Hogan's one of, if not the most recognizable name in the history of wrestling. How do you not have him on your TV uh, if you have a shot to use him, especially if you're trying to build a product. So it's a catch-22 sometimes with, uh, 
you know, the utilization of Hulk Hogan. Uh, you don't know what kind of pressure Spike is putting on uh, them to, to have more Hulk Hogan on TV, to have his face on screen. Um, you know, but when we talk about Impact and we talk about Dixie Carter and our special announcement, and I think a lot of us, are, our speculation is that it's going to be John Morrison. Um, I don't know about you, Dave. I don't look at Morrison. Look, very talented individual. You know, Impact Wrestling, good for you. He's a good guy to have on your roster. He will enhance the product. He will give you some real solid matches. You think about a guy like Morrison against AJ Styles. I mean, I, I'm i signing up to watch that. Morrison versus Angle, I'm signing up to watch that. I mean, you you got – you could go, the list can go on as far as classic matchups you can – put on your TV or pay-per-view if Morrison comes into the fold. So I'm not, you know, knocking Morrison at all. However, when you make that announcement that it's a game-changer, I don't see Morrison as a game-changer per se. Do you, Dave? No, absolutely not. He doesn't, you know, and to be honest with you, you know, with all, we, we talk, we've talked highly about Kurt Angle. You know, no disrespect to you know, Sting, and you know certainly no disrespect to Hulk Hogan, but you know all these big names that TNA has brought in, who you know those last three in particular, who are potential quote unquote game changers, they haven't really moved the needle in terms of the ratings. The ratings have kind of stayed where they've been for the past five or six years. John Morrison certainly isn't going to be doing anything to, to to draw viewers more viewers onto the television onto their television show. He will help with the in ring product, and you'll see some fresh matchups with him. But I don't. I mean, he's the only person. I mean, who knows? We could be sitting here, you know, talking about this right now, and when this potential game changer shows up, it could be somebody totally different. You know, Morrison's been speculated. Um, the only reason why I brought up John Morrison on the on the Facebook page and why Tony mentioned it was it, it, it was interesting and I, I it was just a hunch on my part but John Morrison's Twitter he tweeted something like a couple of weeks ago and Dixie retweeted it she follows Morrison on Twitter and she retweeted it so that was that I, that was just kind of a little small sign that like okay this, that could possibly be you know the game changer, so to speak. Um, but, you know, there's been other names that have been dropped, like Batista, and he's publicly said, I'm a WWE guy, so I won't go. And then even Goldberg yesterday uh, was on Twitter and said he'll never work for TNA um, and that he is not the game changer, big surprise for them. So, um, I mean, I mean, my guess is Morrison. I mean, he's, you know, he seems to be uh, – an attractive enough free agent to be on the market to not have a place to go, whether it be WWE or TNA. And, uh, you know, he's he's a name, but he's not a game changer. I mean, let me ask something, Dave. I mean, at this point, because it's interesting, as far as game changer, I mean, I don't, at this point in his career, he hasn't been in the ring in a, in a long time. I mean, I don't even look at Goldberg as a game changer. I mean, it'd be interesting um, I tune in, like you're saying, you know, moving the needle. I mean, really and truly, uh, in the landscape of professional wrestling, the only guys I, I really would look at as a game changer are the guys that are, I mean, yeah, if you signed The Rock, that would be a game changer. 
if somehow John Cena decided I'm disgusted and I'm leaving, yeah, you know, I guess he'd be a game changer. Maybe Orton. Um, but I don't know, you know, as far as really changing the game, really kind of, you know, thrusting TNA into a, a higher profile, you know, I don't see, you know, many guys out there. And when you're talking free agent, and that's what she said, she said free agent. So obviously guys like Cena and Orton, CM Punk, those guys are not free agents. Uh, you know, The Rock would be a game changer free agent. Um you know, I guess we don't even know what his contract situation is, but assuming he is kind of a free agent, that would be a game changer. I don't know who else out there, I would say, for TNA, for Impact Wrestling, for what they're trying to do and starts putting their company really on the map to kind of move them up uh, as far as their their exposure. I don't know. outside. I mean, Dave, as far as free agents go, I mean, look, I'll say this. I think John Morrison might be the best out there, the best that, that might be available. He might be the top of the heap there. Again, not looking at him as a game changer, but he's he's up there. He's a talented guy. But I don't know, Dave. I mean, do you see anyone out there that really could be a bona fide game changer for TNA? No. I mean, you know, she dubbed it free agent. So, you know, like you said, it's not any of those guys from the WWE. And, you know, game changers would be – the guys from, you know, some of those guys from the WWE that you mentioned, you know, The Rock and John Cena, but, you know, main event guys, Undertaker, you know what I mean? If, you know, if Triple H wanted to, you know, end his marriage and go over to TNA, that, you know, he would be, he would be a game changer as well. I'm pretty sure that guy fears divorce too, you know, like, you know, with, with the current position that he has in the WWE, but, you know, be that as it may, I don't see anybody out there that's like, a game changer that's like going to set the world on fire to to go work for them. I think this is just an overhyped announcement. You know, like like we've said, they talk about tune in, check this out. You know, we got a big announcement that's going to change the face of TNA. And then you go on the TV and you you watch, and all of a sudden they just changed the color of the turnbuckle, or Samoa Joe got new trunks, or you know Garrett Bischoff got a haircut. You know what I mean? Like stupid shit like that. Like that that's not a game changer. You know what I mean? Like. I, it's going to be, in my opinion, an underwhelming surprise. They're going to make it out to be a big deal if it's Morrison or whoever. You know what I mean? And that's how I look at it. Um, and I'll move past it once the once that situation's over with and we see whoever's in the ring and what they contribute to their product. And that's the end of it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, but do you, I'm curious your thoughts. On, like, would it make more sense for them? And we've talked about that whole hype versus surprise. And, you know, that whole idea that, you know, you could promote the hell out of something. And maybe it brings more viewers to your product. Or if you start to create this, this feeling that anything can happen on your program by surprising viewers, do you kind of bring people in? You know, you know, you have to do it correctly, and it has to be, you know, it's over long term. But is it a more effective way of marketing? Does does impact make a bigger impact if John Morrison just shows up one night? And again, we're talking like it is John Morrison. We don't know. We're just speculating. Um, but if he just showed up one night, uh, if something happened where you know 
there there was a, a melee in the ring. There was a, there was some sort of attack, and Morrison comes down to save somebody, or you know, Impact ends and some music hits, and there's Morrison standing on the ramp. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things you could have done where it's like, oh my God, I heard nothing about this. You know, if they kept the signing a secret, if they put it in his contract. You know, you're not to leak this to anybody or the contract is null and void. And they keep the whole thing a secret. And then he shows up on impact. Does that, you know, make a more uh, dramatic entrance for Morrison as opposed to, you know, kind of building him up as this big free agent signing. And then it's just kind of underwhelming. Because to me, I think it would like, I don't know about you, Dave. I think it would be cool if it was a surprise. And, you know, that would kind of, I don't know, that, that would me to me would elevate impact a little bit it's not necessarily a needle mover but it elevates them at least in the moment and that surprise factor of like holy cow i didn't hear this on any dirt sheet nothing was leaked and then morrison just shows up on on impact it kind of you know harkens back to like those days in the monday night wars where like people were just showing up on different programs depending on whose contract was running out and who was signing who um you know to me that would kind of give uh you know a better feel to this but uh i agree with you. i mean your thoughts dave is well do you think the surprise would work well and do you think that is is morrison at this point probably the top free agent out there i think the surprise would work very well for tna um you know i go i, I go you know once you when you brought that question up I, I started thinking to myself of you know other interviews i've heard with guys um like for instance, like uh, former WCW star Conan, he's got a podcast that he does, and uh, he interviewed Chris Jericho recently about you know would he ever work for TNA? And Jericho said they're not big enough, they're not big time. I want, I'm one of the best. I want to work for the best, and the best is the WWE. And Conan made mention that in his time in TNA, uh, when he was traveling through airports, that people would stop him and say. Hey man, how you doing? I haven't seen you on TV. Are you retired? Like you know, are you gonna go to the WWE? Like nobody knows that he's on TNA. Kevin Nash kind of had that same feeling when he was in TNA, and you know, I think their their marketing and their advertising, um, to me, just by hearing comments like that, is is not the greatest and very I would say piss poor. If you got guys that were big stars in the '90s. Um, that are on TV currently, and you, you're not promoting them properly to the point where wrestling fans don't even know if they're on television anymore. Um, I think the surprise element would definitely work for TNA. You get those hardcore, loyal TNA fans, those followers, they watch every week regardless of how good or bad the product is, and somebody like a John Morrison shows up as a surprise, whether it be a run-in or a match or whatever. And then they call their buddies and say, damn, you should have watched Impact. I didn't hear this on the dirts, but John Morrison just showed up. Or, you know, just arguments say Goldberg. Goldberg's on TNA now. you got to check, you know, any, that anything could happen, possibility and vibe, I think, will only help TNA because, quite frankly, their ratings have been just so kind of, like, there, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going any higher, but they're not really dipping far too low. They're just kind of there. And I think that anything happens kind of element would – Attract, you know, possibly more viewers to their to their product. As far as Morrison being the the biggest free agent out there, I don't know. I mean, the MVP is a free agent, and he's pretty talented too. And he's admitted on Twitter he's not going to TNA. Um, I mean, RVD's recently a free agent, and that wouldn't surprise me either if RVD was the guy, because RVD's a free agent, and from what I've heard, he's not in talks with TNA. But it wouldn't surprise me if Dixie 
made this big announcement just to reintroduce RVD to television. You know what I mean? Or even a Matt Hardy. Matt, well, Matt Hardy's with Ring of Honor, but, you know, I don't think Morris is the biggest free agent, but I don't think there's anybody bigger than him. So I think there are, I think all the free agents out there are just kind of on the same level right now, in my opinion. Agreed. And I'll tell you, look, I mean, we're speculating that it's Morrison. If if this big free agent signing is RVD, it's this is horrible. It's it's just horrible to hype it up. That I mean, he's look RVD's very talented, but he's past his prime. Uh, he's done his best work a long time ago. You know, to me, if you're going to make this. I mean, we're already talking hyperbole. At least make it a new face to Impact Wrestling. If this is just a way to bring back uh, RVD to Impact Television, I, I think it's a bad job on their part. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go right back out to the phones. We got Dank on the line. See what he has to say. Dank, are you there? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us tonight? Um, well, actually, you were posing a good question about the whole Kurt Angle and did he hurt is... Um, where he is historically by leaving WWE and going to TNA Impact. I personally, and this is coming half Dave when we used to watch wrestling together, I couldn't stand the guy. Like, I, I bought into the whole heel and chanting, you suck when he came out. But um, I think that the only way that he can really hurt himself or hurt the way that people look at him is if he... And I don't know if he's done it or not. You guys probably know better than I do. But if he were to diss the WWE verbally, where it's that company that gave him the start, you know what I mean? Where he's like, WWE is nothing. Like, if he puts down the company that started his career, I think it would hurt him a whole lot more than him leaving WWE to go to TNA, even if he never comes back to um, work for Vince McMahon. Because I know as a fan of wrestling, and not just for Kurt Angle, but for the Hardy Boys, for uh, Rob Van Dam. Like, these wrestlers that I watched during the Attitude Era, even post-Attitude Era, which have now left the company to go to TNA, if they came back, whether for a one-night appearance only, or they signed back with WWE, I, like, I would welcome them back. I would, you know... I would be happy to see them back and see what the company can do with them and and see how well they mesh with this, um, if you want to call them, like this new patch or this new, and I'm not patch, sorry, this new batch of wrestlers like Cena, like, um, well, not Brock, but um, like Punk, like this new guy that's now, uh, has, has, has come back, the, the new uh, Heyman guy, I can't think of his name right now. Um, it'd be really nice to see, yeah. Um, it'd be really nice to see what like this older wrestlers and how well they would match with the viewers, especially in the company in the WWE company. So personally, I don't think that um, Kurt Angle or anybody else that is a former WWE superstar has hurt their rankings by going to TNA um, because I. I think that if tomorrow night the lights go down and all of a sudden Angle's music started playing, the roof would be blown off that building. What do you guys think? Like, not just with Angle, but with any wrestler. 
Um, you know, that, I mean, Angle's a guy that if his music, if if we turned into Monday Night Raw, so especially being the the night after Slammiversary, but uh, if we tuned into Monday Night Raw tomorrow night, and at some point during the show, you know, the the lights went out, and then you just heard, yeah, the the place would absolutely explode. Um. I don't know how many other guys that, that it would explode to that level. He would definitely be one of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I if used the right way, I always like bringing guys back. I mean, I and and it's funny, and it, it kind of goes both ways. I mean, I've never been that type of fan with Impact Wrestling. Where you know, a lot of people are critical that they get WWE castoffs, and I and I guess I understand that, but I've never been that type of fan because to me, like when you're trying to market a product, especially marketing a new product. Name recognition, name recognition, name recognition. And you just bring in, you know, if there's name recognition and they're willing to come in, like, you bring them in because it, it, uh, it helps sell the product. I mean, that's just that's just marketing. And, and sometimes maybe it doesn't work out, but uh, I, I think you, you, you bring in those names. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think any of those guys that go back, if they go back to the WWE, uh, I'd be excited. I mean, Dave, do you think there's anybody uh, – Above angle that if his his music hit all of a sudden that there'd be a bigger ovation. Um, I think probably Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's pretty popular. Je- Jeff Hardy's pretty popular. He 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 went out on you know he left WWE at like the height of his popularity um, at the time um, back in 2009. So I think probably those two guys right there, if they were to return to the WWE, you know, tomorrow night on Raw. You know the, the the place would erupt. Um, you know, so uh, that yeah, Hardy would probably be now, the one. Um, I think. I I I don't know what happened, and I'm sorry. If, you know, you guys are like the gurus of wrestling. Why did Why did Angle leave? Was it just a contract dispute? Was he given a better contract from TNA? Like, what's the story with Angle? You want um, me to take that one? Yeah, sure, take it. From what I heard, and there's all different kinds of stories, but I, apparently Angle had a, uh, a, a, a prescription medication um, issue, you know, taking a lot of pain medication. And um, he had been going to Vince for months about wanting to take time off. And this is this is Angle's story, um, that, you know, he wanted this time off and Vince wouldn't give it to him and Vince wouldn't give it to him. And then finally um, he went to Vince and said that, you know, I have a problem and I need to fix it. And he told, I guess I guess they had a disagreement or something, a really bad argument. And Kurt Angle referenced that you know that that Vince disrespected him in reference to his gold medal, um, saying it's not worth a cup of coffee or something like that. And they had a big issue. And this is this is all you know verbiage from Kurt Angle. And uh, Angle said, you know, well I need to fix this problem with my pain medication. You know, I need to go away. Can you release me from my contract? And Vince released them. And normally, when they let guys go, there's a 90-day no-compete clause where you can't go work for the other the other companies. Um, but I guess there was some sort of special term or something that Vince waived out of that contract because a couple of weeks later, Kurt Angle signed with TNA, um, and it was a it was a big surprise. Um, so he kind of played he played them for a fool. And there were a few times in the, in a number of years where Angle had. Um, didn't have too many nice things to say to Vince McMahon or about Vince McMahon in public and in interviews, but he's not the only one that's been that, that's done that before. A lot of guys have 
you know, had their disagreements and aired them publicly about Vince McMahon in, in other interviews. But um, that's the story that I heard. And the, and the angle wanted a lighter schedule because his, his, he was doing a lot for the company. His body was, you know, starting to fall apart. Um, and uh, I think, I think too, from what I understand, that angle was not a he, he didn't feel like he was a top guy with the company. Um, he, he felt like that he wasn't really up there on that level with, uh, or at least he, he thought he was, but the company didn't feel he was on that level with guys like Triple H and, you know, John Cena and The Undertaker. And, uh, you know, so um, he, he wanted out and he wanted a lighter schedule. And TNA gave him a lighter. At the time when he went to TNA, TNA was not running house shows or live events. They were doing just pay-per-views and television tapings. So he had a much wide open schedule with them. So he wanted a lighter schedule, something that could, you know, he can, he can last longer in the wrestling business. Um, and that, that's that's what I heard. I mean, there's probably more to the story, um, you know, from other people's accounts, but that's what I've heard. Okay. Um, last question, um, and I'll let you guys go. If there was one star that you would pick, which you think would jump from TNA to WWE, who, who stands out? Like, what name stands out to you guys? What what star in TNA? Like, um, if if you were to think like one star that you can see is not getting along with TNA or is having issues, that if they were to appear in WWE within the next couple of weeks, you would not be surprised. So you'd be like, yeah, we kind of saw that one coming. Is there anybody that stands out? I don't. I, I mean, there are people that I maybe I I would like to see what the WWE could do with them, but I I don't. I don't really see anyone at at this point in TNA like jumping ship uh, in the immediate future. I mean, guys, you know, the guy jumps to mind for me, a, a guy like Matt Morgan. Uh, I, I would like to see what the WWE can do with him now at this point in his career. Um, but I don't really see anyone jumping ship uh, at this point in time. What do you think, Dave? I don't. I, I don't either. But. Um... I mean, it would all it would all depend on like you know how they're using guys you know on television. Like if 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 we went through like a string of like a month or two months where like they were just burying Samoa Joe, and it's been it's happened before where they've misused a guy like Samoa Joe, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Joe were to jump ship to the WWE. In fact, there had been interest on the WWE's part in the last year or so. For a guy like Samoa Joe, um, Mick Foley's a big Samoa Joe supporter. Uh, Mick Foley and Samoa Joe are friends, so it wouldn't surprise me if Foley were to try to put in a good word for him. In fact, Steve Austin is even Stone Cold Steve Austin has publicly stated that Samoa Joe needs to go to the WWE. He'd be a huge star there. Um, so there really isn't anybody that comes to mind that would that would surprise me to go. Um, but it would all have to depend on how they're being used on television. Then I'd probably determine, you know, if you know if if they were to jump ship at some point. All right. Well, you guys are great. Always fun to talk to you guys. Looking forward to next week, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Dank. Take care of yourself. And yeah, Dank, always with the thought-provoking questions. We're going to go right back out to the phones because we got Justin's on the line, our daily affirmation with Justin. How are you, man? I can't miss you. Miss you too. Thanks for calling. We love when you're calling and and support us. What do you got this week? What do you want to talk about? About uh, the MMA. 
A little MMA changing it up there, Justin. That's oh, yeah. a bold. That's pretty bold. What what in reference to MMA do you want to talk about? Uh, pro wrestling. Right, okay then, like, let's let's do that. Oh, That's yeah. Good idea. I like where I like that. Let's let's do some pro wrestling. So, uh, in reference to pro wrestling, what do you want to talk about? About uh, like like most like um like Christy Hemi. She'd be good in MMA. You'd like to see Christy Hemi in MMA? Oh yeah. What? <laughs> I'm gonna get myself in trouble. <laughs> what? <laughs> what about Christy Hemi? Makes... once, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what What about Christy Hemi makes you want to see, want her to be in uh, MMA? Because she's good. You think she'd be a good Ultimate Fighter? Oh yeah. Hey Justin, would you let Christy Hemi put you in a rear naked choke? Has I don't the think so. And naked. <laughs> <laughs> you funny, Dave. Who do you think if you're gonna watch Christy Hemi in in MMA? Uh, who do you think she should fight against? Uh, I think it'll be Edge. Christy Hemi versus MMA. Wait, Christy Hemi versus Edge in MMA. That's where we're trying to book right now? Oh, yeah. Well, stranger things have happened, but, uh, or maybe not. Maybe stranger things have not happened. <laughs> You're funny, Dan. <laughs> You're funny, Justin. Wow, so Christy Hemme from Impact Wrestling versus uh, WWE Hall of Famer Edge in an MMA octagon. That's what I like about you, Justin. You think outside the box. You know, know, like the box is like a dot to you. You are so far outside the box, you can barely even see the box. And I like that. So uh, thank you for for calling and uh, supporting us and talking pro wrestling. Uh, Anything you want to say to uh, Dave or I before I let you go? Tell Dave he's the best. He's number one. Well, Dave, Dave's on the line. You can talk to him. Hey, Dave, you know what? You're number one, man. Number Thank one guy in the whole entire universe. I appreciate that. Thank That's you that. so much. You're funny. Just, just I try. Just feel good when we're like the number one in the universe. That's some pretty high praise. I know. Thanks, Ken, Justin. You're awesome, man. And I'm awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that as well. Justin, that. what was that? Man, I should have visit you, man. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's try and set that up. We'll have uh, one of your people call my people, and uh, we'll figure out some sort of visit. Good idea, Ken. <laughs> I appreciate it. Justin, thank you so much for the call. We'll talk to you real soon, all right? All right, Ken. All right, take it easy. Uh, Justin's always, you know, it's just smiles on the faces. That's what I love when Justin calls. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And as always, we stop the show right now because we go into only on the Ken Reedy Show, the 50-50 Day 5 News Report. Take it away, Dave. Thank you very much, Ken. This is, like he said, the only place where you can hear the Day 5 News Report here in the Ken Reedy Show every Sunday night. The top five stories in the week of uh, professional wrestling. The first story this week, the Star Tribune published an article this week on former Minnesota governor and WWE Hall of Famer Jesse the Body Ventura and some comments he made after a state capitol reception about the 2016 presidential race. 
Ventura noted that 2016 offers the best chance for an independent candidate since there will be no incumbent and even said he may possibly enter the race. And I quote, I believe one issue that would carry me to victory, I would give the people of America their first opportunity to elect a president that doesn't belong to either party since George Washington. Would you like to see Jesse the body in office? Maybe in 2016. Our second story this week. World heavyweight champion Dolph Ziggler returned to the road this weekend, making appearances in Big E Langston's corner against Alberto Del Rio. Ziggler is expected to be at WWE television this week in a non-wrestling capacity and is rumored to be undergoing another concussion test to determine if and when he can return to full-time action. According to the Wrestling Observer, the WWE has signed independent wrestling talent Corey Weston, who was scouted by the WWE's own Gerald Briscoe and a student of Dory Funk Jr.'s Florida Wrestling Camp. Weston, along with all new signed all newly signed talent have been told to report to the brand-new WWE Performance Center when it opens up next month. WWE's Chief Financial Officer, George Barrios, Barrios, whatever, I'm, anyhow, addressed the network <laughs> launch plans at the City Global Consumer Conference on Wednesday. He did not lay out a timetable for the initial launch. Gee, that's a shock because they've had about five <laughs> initial launches for this goddamn network. But did state, however, that once the company strikes a deal with a cable satellite provider, that everything else will fall into place. Barrios added that the price point for the network will be between $12.99 and $14.99 for a monthly subscription. And our final story this week. PWInsider.com has reported that Ring of Honor has re-signed Adam Cole to a new contract. Cole was one of the talents WWE invited to a tryout a few months back which led to speculation on his future. But in the end, he will stay with Ring of Honor and call that his home. Wrestling fans, MeTV, Friday nights at 11 p.m., Wrestling on Fire. The host of this show, Ken Reedy, gives you all the action of Wrestling on Fire. YouTube, The Gun Show, the biggest, hottest show on YouTube. Season 9 out right now. Friend of ours, Steve Off the star of the gun show. He's applying for the TNA gut check. You want to check out what Steve Off's been all about, along with Bob Arian and that Spanish guy with the Mickey Mouse gloves, go to YouTube slash the gun show web TV. And there you have it. That, my friends, was the Dave Five News Report. Only heard here in the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Nice. Great job, Dave. You know what? And that's what they call in the biz a segue, because on the line right now, we have star of the gun show, TNA gut check hopeful, Steve Off is on the line. Steve, how you doing tonight? Ken, I'm good, man. I'm just busting my butt to promote the uh, gut check voting for tomorrow. How you doing? Doing all right. Yeah, why don't you fill us all in on, you know, there's lots of crazy stuff went on with the gut checks, uh, maybe for people who haven't heard, like, the kookiness that happened beforehand and what's going on specifically with gut check right now. Well, beforehand, a lot of people were uh, using the auto-voter software, which is illegal in the votes of the rules of the contest, apparently. So they restarted it to, you know, not to taint the vote. They want the fans' voice to count, you know, which I could totally respect. So now, you know, the vote is restarted. Challenge.tnagutcheck.com. 
tomorrow through Wednesday, bracket 16. You actually have to register now to prove that you're a real person and you're not just, you know, some Autobot, which, you know, I think is a good idea because that definitely won't take the vote this time around and we'll actually have a real winner and real losers and, you know, we'll see who really can get the most fan votes rather than who can, you know, set up their computer to vote for them. So how's this going to work? So how long does the voting go on for? You you click on the website, you register, you you vote once. Uh, How many times can you Mm -hmm. vote repeatedly over the course of a day? Is it 24 hours? You could vote again. Just just give us all the specifics as far as how the votes are going to go. It's once per email address. It also might be once per IP per email address, too. I'm not too sure about the IP thing, but, yeah, you have to register with an email. And it's a really quick process. It's not very long at all. You put in, you know, your email, a password, and that's pretty much it. And then you just go right in and you vote. It takes less than two minutes. And, you know, that's if you don't know what you're doing. It should take less than that. But you register with an email, you go in, you vote for me, I hope, and the rest is history. And it goes on for three days. And then I'm not sure about the next round, but for the last bracket of this round, it's tomorrow through Wednesday, and then it's done. It's only a three-day kind of three-and-done type of deal. And then, you know, hopefully I move on to the next round. I got some stiff competition. Uh, indie veteran Papa Don, you know, who's a tremendous talent, and also the Big O. I haven't seen him wrestle. I can't say if he's good or bad, but, I mean, he's very new. Guy's in great shape, so, you know, that's not the only thing that matters. But, you know, we'll see if that becomes a factor. That's awesome. Well, good luck to you. Uh, do you know how many rounds is going to be as far as this competition? I think it's just one more after this. I think just winners go on, and then the winner of that goes on to the TV. I believe they're keeping it simple with just one round, and then the round of the winners, and that's it. Very interesting. Well, good luck to you. Uh, well, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, you had a match uh, last night. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. it's amazing because you wrestle – all over the place. Tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, competition last night. Well, last night I was get up against two of my least favorite people in the world, Tristan Law and Ray Ray Mars, and <laughs> Sanjay Dutt of TNA in a fatal four-way elimination match for a future RTWF championship match. And unfortunately came up on the losing end there. Ray Ray Mars, after I beat him like eight times in a row, finally got one over on me. And then Sanjay was the ultimate winner and gets a shot at Just Incredible and the RPWF heavyweight title down the road. So I'm definitely gunning for that championship. They also have a cruiserweight belt over there. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of right in the middle at, like, the 215 range. I could probably go for both belts if I really want to. And you know what? That sounds pretty good. I'm running out of room in my fridge. I'll start using the freezer to keep them. But, <laughs> you know, maybe you'll be looking at your RPWF heavy and cruiserweight champion along with the BWUS title and everything else I got going on. <laughs> that's awesome you know I, i'm curious you know being on on the independent scene um you know and i and i know you, you love the business you d- does it ever wear on you or are you just you know loving being in the business and being out there and, and wrestling uh you know in different cities in front of different fans um you know it's got i mean to me as someone who's not in the business i mean doing all this traveling every weekend someplace else uh does it wear thin or are you just kind of enjoying the ride I mean, it doesn't wear thin as far as, you know, still wanting to do it and still loving it and enjoying every second of it. Absolutely not. Physically, it takes a toll. Absolutely. There's, anyone who says it doesn't is either on some kind of drugs or they're lying. You know, it's really 
Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm in a ton of pain every day, but I definitely feel it when I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed at night and every minute in between. And, you know, I'm only 10 years in. That's not, you know, there's some guys, you know, like poor Mick Foley, who's, uh, I think, did 30 or 40 years in the business, is like probably about 30 years in the business. And he's, you know, he's got to be beaten to hell. And that, that's a guy who went out there and just tore it up every night, whether it was TV, house show, pay-per-view, didn't matter. You know, that guy just played it all on the line. And now he's rich because of it. But, you know, I'm sure he's got a guy like that's got to be feeling it. So I'm really not one to complain. But you do feel it. You definitely do feel it. Is, there, is it just uh, soreness, or do you have any, any nagging injuries? No, just really sore pretty much every day. And there's people who have it worse than me, I'm sure. But, you know, I definitely just feel a little bit sore. You know, there's some minor injuries you go through, like my knees have bothering me for a while. You know, it's finally back to a point where I can run again on the treadmill and have little to no pain. So, you know, you get little injuries like that. I've had a few concussions that, you know, I, I can't remember stuff sometimes. It happens. No big deal. Well, it's, it's it's tremendous, like, you know, what you guys put your bodies through to, to just entertain us. Uh, one of the other things you actually are heavily involved in, uh, those of you I'm sure most of you know out there, the gun show, uh, YouTube sensation. Uh, what's going on with the gun show these days? Uh, it's been almost a month since we had a new episode. We just don't want to put out episodes just to put them out. That's the thing. We We only want, you know, at least pretty good, if not great. And if you're not laughing once or twice and we're just putting it up, we're like, oh, let's do this and that, and then, then throw it online and then just have something. We don't want to do that. So, you know, sometimes we take two or three weeks in between, sometimes a month, month and a half. And, you know, yeah, that hurts the views, but it helps the product overall because we don't want, like I said, we don't want to aim for mediocrity. We want to aim for greatness. That way, even if we come up a little short, it's still pretty damn good. And I'm hoping within the next week or two we'll have something up. Uh, we're trying to work our schedule with Bob Arian, who's, you know, doing his government thing, but that's probably not going to work anytime in the near future, so I'll have to go with El Rotundo and myself. And, you know, if Bobby America or that giant mutant raccoon guy decide to stop by, then great. <laughs> Steve, uh, <laughs> one, one, one question for me. Uh, what's, what's, what's going on with uh, your status in the BWO? You're the United States champion. Uh, you know, uh, what's the landscape of the BWO like? I've, uh, I've, I've heard uh, that uh, Preacher has now taken over and uh, a lot of mm-hmm. things have changed. What's, what's that, uh, how does that affect you? Um, I mean, directly, doesn't really affect me. Preacher and I are indifferent, you know. We're not best of buddies, but we don't butt heads either at the moment, so... And that's that could always change because the guy's out of his mind, just like I am. But, I mean, yeah, that guy is just, uh, for me to say somebody's out of their mind and saying something. And, you know, Section 8 came in the ring after he beat, after Preacher beat Glenn to win the ownership of the BWO, and Preacher kicked his head clean off. Not literally, but, you know, just about. And that, that's a guy that he helped out to, you know, to kind of take control back from Richard Rotten and Glenn Ulrich and that whole little faction over there, and your buddy Tristan Law, and, you know, and everyone's favorite, Mike Cap. Not your buddy, but, you know, everybody's favorite, Mike Cap. Can't forget him. So I don't understand. (laughs) I just don't understand how you can kick someone in the head after you've been through all that, you know, kind of being on the front line together. But that's really none of my business. I'm not going to get involved in it. I, myself, I'm the U.S. champion right now, also a top contender for the world title. You know, it's my goal to hold both championships, and if I can find a tag partner that was worth tagging with, maybe I'd go after the tag belts and be a triple crown winner all at once. It's a little, you know, a little bit of a steep task working three matches a night, but 
If anyone can handle it, I think I can. That's awesome. It'd be cool to see you go after all the gold. Uh, before I let you go, just let everyone know where they can see you and uh, if they need to get some information on uh, you know your schedule and everything, how can fans follow what's going on with Steve Off? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Off. Facebook.com slash Steve Off. That's my social networking. I'm on MySpace, too, but I go on like twice a year, so don't bother. Also, <laughs> YouTube.com slash Steve Off for matches and promos. And YouTube.com slash The Gun Show Web TV for all of our gun show nonsense. And I'll be wrestling for the BWO at A Brave New World, Nutley, New Jersey, Knights of Columbus. And that will be June the 15th. I don't have an opponent not lined up just yet, but I will be defending the U.S. Championship and hopefully getting one step closer to the World Championship yet again. And then June 29th in Darby, Pennsylvania, I'll be wrestling for KCW. It's their debut show. I'm wrestling a young man named James Collar. He's, I think, about two years in the business. And just going to rough him up a little bit and give him a, hey, welcome to what you got in store for you in the future. You stick around, kid, kind of deal. Not trying to be a bully. Just, you know, someone's got to beat the kid up a little bit and welcome him to the business. It's 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 a it's it's tough love. It's welcome. To hey, it was done to me when I was younger. Yeah, I, I think you know it's funny because every so often you get to go to one of these shows where someone's making their debut or they they're kind of a little bit green, and you can tell that you know there's an initiation process to getting into the business. Mm-hmm. And it, it appears that everyone goes through it. Steve, as always, thank you for giving us uh, some time. We look forward to talking to you again in the future, and uh, best wishes, wishes and good luck uh, with the TNA gut check. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the pay-per-view. Take it easy. You too. You too. There you have it. Steve Off, uh, a TNA gut check hopeful. You know, and it's funny, Dave, as we talk about Impact Wrestling TNA, uh, you know, it is like one of those things where you just, you, you want to believe in the product. And we talk, you know, we talk about the, the announcements and they, they make it a bigger deal than it is. And then you're kind of left disappointed. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about, and Steve off is on talking about gut check and gut check. like this great thing. And it seemed like it was going to be really cool. Then all the, the illegal activities and in, in the voting and them having to revamp it. It's just sometimes, you know, I, I want to believe, I want to believe, and I want to see competition because competition, in the wrestling business, uh, will be good for fans. Um, but a lot of times when it comes to impact wrestling, uh, you know, they, they, it seems like they just they can't get out of their own way. And I, and I would love to see them really kind of, you know, get through the clouds and, and things clear. And they they kind of, you know, hit a stride where they just keep going up and up and up. But it's just it seems like it's been a muddled path for them uh, for a while. And, and hopefully, you know, going forward, whether you know, we're you know hoping for Steve off. Uh, you know, all best wishes to him. We've had Papa Don on the show before, so you know, good luck to him. A very talented uh, performer as well. But you just you hope at least at this point that with the gut check that whether it's our our guys, you know, Steve off is the guy to do it. Whoever wins or loses, whatever happens, that there's no controversy surrounding the votes again, and at least we get a clear winner to this 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 gut check challenge, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you want to, all, all the, you know, not, not taking away, you know, uh, you know, Steve's hard work, but everybody else in that competition works their tail off to get an opportunity like this. And, you know, you want, you want it to be fair and you want it to be, you know, uh, impartial. And, you know, the, the, at the end you want the right person to, uh, to have won by, 
by the fans' vote. Um, so hopefully they, they have it all figured out. There's no more, uh, you know, voting snafus. It seems like it's, you know, it, it's a simple, uh, effective way to do it now where they have you sign up with an email address and, uh, you know, you're, it's, it's not going to be drawn out like, you know, like uh, it's maybe one round after the other one Steve was mentioning. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, that they're just they're they're going to get right to the point with it, and uh, that they're at least looking for you know possibly the next big star in wrestling, you know, with with what with, with the talent that's out there, um, you know. And there are other things too that, that about TNA or Impact Wrestling that you know kind of bother me at times, but I like this I like this approach that they're that they're looking on the independent scene for. Another name, for for a name to to contribute to their product or possibly contribute. And they're, they're they're taking slow steps. It's it's not you know you also got to understand too. They are eleven years old. That company, okay. You know, the, there's a lot that needs to be done for them to to last long. But they're making progress. It's 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 going to take time. You know, they just need they they need the right people to to you know to. To, to run things and, and to have the, the interest of the talent, the fans, you know, the, the best interests. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully over time we'll see a, a, a better product and, uh, you know, something that can uh, be as comparable to the WWE. And along those lines, uh, tonight's pay-per-view at Slammiversary, uh, you know, giving the gut check, um, you know, a, a bit more credibility, a little bit of a shot in the arm, this whole competition, uh now, Jay Bradley versus Sam Shaw. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I I kind of go back and forth on this because it's on one end. I'm, I'm I think to myself, this is a match that probably should be on Impact Wrestling. But at the same time, they're giving like the gut check a, a little bit more credibility, a little uh, a, a nice spot on the pay per view. Um, the winner of this match gets to move on and. Uh, get a shot in the uh, Bound for Glory series. Uh, so this is interesting. I'm curious how they're going to pursue this. Um, I would think, obviously, that whoever wins this match is not going to win the Bound for Glory series. But if they get a nice little run in the BFG series, they go far. You know, maybe it's the the, the underdog, the, the Rudy kind of story where, you know, you get to rooting for this uh, – up-and-comer that's trying to make a name for himself in the business and has at least a decent run in the BFG series. It could be very entertaining if done correctly. Again, maybe not a match I, I would book for a pay-per-view, but I get why they did it. Um, interesting choice, Dave. What are your thoughts on this gut-check match? I kind of like the idea that it's on pay-per-view. I understand where you're coming from, um, but it gives these guys it, it gives these guys an opportunity to – to show to show the company that you know can they handle being on a big stage like pay per view, um, you know Sam Shaw is a uh, a, a student of the uh, the Team 3D Wrestling Academy run by uh, Bully Ray and uh, Devon, and uh, Jay Bradley is a former WWE developmental standout. He was um you know, he he was he was turning heads in developmental years back, and uh, they brought him up to the main roster in the WWE in like 2008, and they kind of gave if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, they kind of gave him this run on SmackDown. Or they no, they wanted to give him a run on SmackDown with like this like Elvis impersonator character, 
And then they brought him in as, like, I forget, some generic wrestling name and kind of similar with the same look he's got now. Um, but they were going to go a little darker, almost like cult, like in like a cult gimmick kind of character. Um, he, he was possibly going to have a run with Undertaker um, at that time, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen. Um, now I've seen his work in the ring. He's solid. He's, he's, he's got a good look about him, like a little grungy kind of look. Um, he talks really well on the microphone. Um, but I think that this, I think the point of this is to show the show the the viewers, the wrestling viewers, you know, the, the differences in talent and the different ways to approach this Bound for Glory series and do something different by adding the gut check concept to the Bound for Glory series. But from a company standpoint, it's all right. Let's say we take Jay Bradley and he defeats Sam Shaw and then we put him in the Bound for Glory series. This is a test to see if they put this guy on the main roster on Impact Wrestling to see how far he can go, you know, sustaining, you know, st- you know, uh, holding up his end in, in the ring as well as, you know, on the microphone and in storylines. So I think this is more or less a test for the company and for the individual, whoever they decide to, to, to go over tonight, to see if they can make a splash on the main roster and separate themselves from the actual gut check concept and be one of the regulars. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Jay Bradley because I, I kind of like his work more. I haven't really seen enough of Sam Shaw, but Sam Shaw looks like he, you know, works the, the checkout counter at a Ron John surf shop. So <laughs> I, I don't really, I, I don't really see him as a, a, a professional wrestler. He looks like, you know, sneakers and, you know, a, you know, board shorts. He might as well come out in a skateboard with Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace and, you know, be the dynamic dudes. I mean, you know, come on. Sorry, Mr. Shaw, if you're listening, but, you know, I just don't, you know, can you get me a price check on those flip flops, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm waiting for it. I mean, it's weird because like this is a match that like you know it's almost you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes if there's any politicking. And my gut, I'd go with Jay Bradley as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if either guy wins this match. Uh, I kind of like the idea as well. I think it's a good idea. Gives the gut check. Uh, a little bit of juice, and it also kind of adds the BFG series, kind of adding some new blood in there. It's interesting because when you look at this match, this match, this pay-per-view, and when you look at the whole card, and there's eight matches booked right now, and it's interesting. Uh, now, looking at you know AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle, neither one of those guys in Ace and Eights, but involved in the storyline with Ace and Eights. Half, 50% of the pay-per-view has to do with Ace and H. You know, Bully Ray versus Sting, AJ Kurt Angle, uh, Devon versus Joseph Park, and Magnus, Samoa Joe, Hardy versus Briscoe, uh, Bischoff, and Mr. Anderson. So there's a lot of Ace and H's around this. Uh, 50%, 50% of this pay-per-view uh, in some way, shape, or form is tied to Ace and H and that storyline. Overkill, Dave? Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say overkill. Um, you know, there's some talented guys on the roster, and they're trying to, you know, squeeze some guys in, like, you know, the, the, the Jeff Hardy returning tonight to be a part of the match. I mean, it, it, let's put it this way. If they didn't have some kind of payoff for when the Aces and took out Magnus and Samoa Joe and, and Jeff Hardy, people would – complain on the internet that why didn't they put this guy, this guy, and this guy on to get their heat back on the aces and eights? Oh, the, the booking is crappy and this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? So 
I think it makes sense from a storyline standpoint that they have it culminate, or at least part of the Aces Nate storyline culminate um, with these guys coming back and teaming up to face them. I don't see so much of an overcome. I'm not. I, I will say this: I'm not really a big fan of uh, the Devon Joseph Park match. Um, I think the Joseph Park character to me, it's in, it was intriguing at first. I kind of liked it because he's a virtual rookie from a television viewer standpoint. But you know, they have this this um, this collaboration with, you know, the Abyss character, which we all know, you know, the Joseph Park character and Abyss are one and the same because that's, you know, the guy's real name is Chris Park, and he has played, you know, he plays both characters. I just want to see something take place with this. They've reintroduced Abyss, and then they just took him away from us like that. You know, everyone was really surprised and happy to see him come back, and now he's, like, disappeared. I just hope there's some sort of exclamation point at the end of this storyline. Maybe we'll see Abyss return tonight and Joseph Park, the character, just kind of rides off into the sunset, uh, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, not, not not too much overkill for me. They need to, they need to uh, fill some holes and uh, get some guys in the card as well as uh, wrap up a few things if they're going to go forward with this Aces and Eights storyline. Yeah, it honestly doesn't bother me too much either. But talking about that match, uh, Joseph Park and Devon, it's interesting because sometimes with the writing, you know, and, I, and I've been told when it comes to writing a storyline in anything, a movie, television show, that really and truly what you do is you write the climax, you write the payoff, and then you work your way backwards. So at least there's a direction there. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's interesting because the Joseph Park character I kind of liked. I thought it was interesting. It was interesting uh, for uh, Chris Park to come out and do something different from Abyss. Uh, it was a far cry from Abyss. And uh, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of interesting. But, again, with a lot of the storylines, you see, like, did, do they know what the payoff even is? Uh, did they come up with this character and say, eh, let's just see where it goes? Uh, it's almost like they pulled the rug out from under us. Like, hey, there's Abyss, and now there's no Abyss. Uh, I, I'm curious now, you know, again, with wrestling, you know, anything that's fresh and new can become old and stale pretty quick if it doesn't have a direction. Where do they go with this? Do we just, like you're saying, do they just have Abyss show up tonight and now Abyss is, a ba- is back and, and Joseph Park is gone? Do we actually have a moment where we see Joseph Park transform into Abyss, where they at least tell... Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are some wrestling fans out there that maybe don't realize. Uh, and I'm sorry that I, if I spoiled it for you, you're listening. But uh, maybe they don't realize that they're one and the same person. But do we see that? Do we see that payoff where we realize that there's a deep-rooted psychosis in this one individual that is splintered off into these two personalities? Now, do we see that sort of payoff? Where exactly they go with, with this? Uh, I, I think we're going to see Abyss in some way, shape, or form tonight. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. Um, you know, is Devon standing in the ring and all of a sudden Abyss's music hits? Uh, did, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's been a, an interesting storyline and, and at points muddled, uh, but I don't know how they do the payoff with, with this. Because at some point you got to figure, at least on television, that they have to reconcile the fact that these two individuals are, in fact, one person. Um, your thoughts, Dave, on this match? Who wins this match? Um, 
I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Devon. I think. I think they still want to build. You know, a dominant. A dominance amongst aces and eights in TNA. Um, I think Devon will um, retain the title tonight. Um, I think we will see some form of abyss in the match. Maybe it's a disqualification of some sort, but I'm going to go with Devon. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go with uh, Joseph Park, uh, but not to win the title. There's going to be something screwy that's going to go on. Maybe Abyss shows up and Devon runs away. Devon runs away and gets counted out. Uh, something screwy is going to happen with Abyss and Park, but uh, I see Devon walking out with the TNA Television Championship, but uh, Joseph Park will wind up being the victor. And I am really curious to see, like, is this the night where we see that reconciliation of the two characters and, and we get the definitive televised proof that these are one and the same person? Or, uh, you know, do we see uh, something screwy? I'm, I'm just kind of curious where they're going to go with the psychosis of of this individual. The one thing I do like about the pay-per-view is that they, I shouldn't say the one thing, there's a lot of things I like, but as we talked about, the 50% of the pay-per-view is geared towards ace and eights in some way, shape, or form, that they've done some things, that they've kept certain things completely out of the ace and eights. So we do have some good wrestling, good storylines involved. You know, these other matches, there are clear-cut storylines in, involved in this match. I mean, we talked about the gut check. A uh, lot of heat between Gail Kim and Taryn Terrell. Last knockout standing match. That's been an interesting storyline to watch. Kenny King's suicide and Chris Saban should be a very entertaining match. Um, and one match I'm really looking forward to, the four-way elimination tag team match. A uh, lot of talented people in this matchup. Not tied to ace and eights at all. Should be some real quality matches. We talked about AJ Styles and Kurt Angle potentially being a pay-per-view show stealer. There's another match that could steal the show. Uh, they've taken some guys, some bona fide single stars, and put them in tag teams. Uh, they beefed up their tag division with these guys all being in tag teams. I like them all. I like what all the tag teams uh, bring to the table. I'm curious to see how Gunner and James Storm operate together. Uh, this match could be a, a great matchup, Dave. Yeah, there's a lot of great talent in that match. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Daniels and Kazarian. Um, I'd like to, I, I'd love to see them have the titles again. Um, but uh, I mean, with all the talent in there, I think what this match really is about more than anything is, I think this is like the coming out or the you know the coming out party for Gunner. I think they really want they they, they got some you know serious plans with him by pairing him up with James Storm. I hope this doesn't mean that they're going to be a a full-fledged, bona fide tag team because I really love James Storm as a single, and I think he was, you know, I think he deserves a better singles run than he's had in the past year. Um, but if 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 having Storm align with Gunner is going to help make Gunner um, a bigger name in Impact Wrestling, then I you know I'm all for it. I mean, it really there really isn't much substance to Gunner that I that you know I can get invested into. Um, with his character, he's always been, you know, on, on television, just some big brute guy that can wrestle. That's, you know, Jack got some tattoos. He's always been aligned. He always been a part of something, aligned with someone, and kind of like lost in the shuffle. And this is like an opportunity for him to really kind of stand out. And getting a rub with, you know, uh, one of the most popular wrestlers on the roster in TNA and James Storm. I think this is going to help him. So I think that's what this this match is really about. Is like a coming out party for him, as well as seeing great action amongst, you know, um, you know, bad influence, 
Chavo Hernandez and, you know, uh, the Rude and Aries. Um, so, I mean, it should be a fun match to, wa- to watch. My prediction, I'm going to go with the same. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Storm and, and, and Gunner. As, as tag team champions right now, I, I think they're going to win the belts, and it's going to give Gunner a little bit of a rub, and, it, rub, and it's going to be short term um, for for this tag team. Um, with with the with the the end game, it's just a bold prediction, but the end game being Gunner or Storm, one turning on the other, setting up something for maybe Bound for Glory between the two of them, maybe like a a student teacher kind of relationship that these two have, um, leading to a match further down the line. Yeah, maybe they put them both in the BFG series, so they have to, you know, tag champs that have to battle each other for that prize. Uh, you know, it's funny we do this show and we do, uh, you know, on on usually on Sunday afternoon, I and mean, we do a pre-show meeting and we do discuss things. Uh, we we discuss, you know, I mean, we allow the show to be organic and go in whatever direction it may go in, but we do meet, we do discuss. But I will tell you something. Generally, as a general rule, we don't discuss. Predictions. When we're on the show, we talk about predictions, and that's kind of that. We we find out where each other uh, is looking as far as the matches go uh, when we turn the mics on and start talking predictions. So it's it's funny because as of late, we've been agreeing a lot, and I wholeheartedly just about everything you said. I, I'm I think this match is going to be tremendous. Uh, you know, I love what Aries and Bobby Roode bring to the table as a tag team as well as individual competitors, but uh, I am right there with you. I think that uh, we're looking at Gunner and James Storm as new tag team champions, and I totally agree with you. I think it's probably going to be short-term, um, but uh, it's, it, they'll set up something between the two of them. They're looking to build Gunner. Uh, maybe, I don't know, if a bona fide star, main event type star, but they're definitely looking to build him up uh, into a a big player in the TNA landscape. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking for them to win tag team gold tonight. Again, also solidify how, you know, James Storm went over on impact on how, you know, he grabs a partner and he becomes a champion. And then kind of putting that idea over that James Storm is this uh, great tag team guy that he can just bring in guys and, and win championships with them. So it, it'll help, uh, you know, strengthen James Storms' character a little bit more. You know, not that he needs to be put over, but it'll it'll definitely help him, and it's going to help Gunner tremendously. So I see those guys uh, going over winning tag team gold. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We got Mike on the line, so let's see what Mike's got to say. Mike, what's going on? Hey guys, I I definitely agree with that last statement that you made, Ken. Um, you know, as far as what you were talking you were talking about with. Uh, James Storm. I definitely agree with that. I mean, Bobby Roode by himself was an okay wrestler, and uh, after teaming with Storm, I think he, Bobby Roode uh, became a big-time player in Impact in in in, in uh, TNA. I would agree. What else you got for us? Well, nothing. Just just uh, you uh, you posed a question on Facebook about who's going to watch this uh, Slammiversary and. Uh, I'm not really a big TNA guy. I'll just, um, you know, listen for the uh, result, result, results, and um, and see what's going to happen. Um, you know, with, with regards to all this TNA, I mean, all the aces and eights stuff. I mean, how far do you think they're going to go with aces and eights? 
It's an excellent question, and again, it goes back to that whole idea of writing, you know, storylines, and you know, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to work backwards uh, to figure out what what direction you're going. And it's not to say that things don't change over the course of time, but you at least got to have an idea what the payoff's going to be. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about last week, and I think, uh, you know, Dave and I both kind of could see down the road that. Uh, Eventually, bound for glory, we're going to see AJ Styles uh, go over on Bully Ray for the uh, TNA Championship, and you know, at that point, we might see the the splinterings, or at least the uh, you know beginning stages, or maybe it starts a little bit before Bound for Glory, where we just start to see uh, dissension in the ranks, uh, the group just starts to split up. Uh, that's the obvious choice. I think that would be the direction that would make most sense. Uh, now, now is Zero Brown out of Aces and Eights? He's not out. They're kind of doing a weird thing with him that, like, you know, he's he's been disgraced, so he's kind of a prospect now. Uh, I, I that whole thing is kind of weird to me. I mean, it's not right. like D'Lo is is a main player, you know. Yeah. So it's I don't care. Like they should right. to me, they should have beat the shit out of him and booted him out of Ace and Aids, and that's it. Like he's done. Man, what hostility! My 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 God, I love well, it. Man, like. Like to me, if they were gonna do this this prospect thing, it would have been interesting. Like if it was uh, Devon, you know, yeah. someone who's like a main player, you know, the first guy that revealed to be an ace and eights, a main yeah. player, the brother of the president, and they forced him to be a prospect. Then that comes engaged in. I yeah. really don't care about D'Lo being a prospect. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if they're ever gonna do I wonder if they're ever gonna do the um the, the the whole scenario that I was thinking about with Brooke like making Brooke a bad person that'd be pretty funny like turning against her father it'd be pretty cool to see that I mean I, I think you know, Brooke can pull it off. It's interesting that you brought that up because I I kind of think and I'm curious your thoughts Dave I mean I oh the, Dave's I think on the line hey Dave how's it going brother <laughs> he's there. I'm all. I'm always here. I've never left. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Well, I want Dave's imp- input on this whole thing too, Dave. What do you think? Like, uh, like my boy Ken just said. What do you think, Dave? Well. I'll let Ken finish the statement before I chime oh, sorry, in. Sorry, sorry, guys. I mean, I, I just kind of think that they 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 kind of planted the seeds that I I wouldn't be surprised at all if tonight we see some sort of turn with uh, Brooke. Uh, tonight, it wouldn't surprise me at all if she costs Sting the title in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that it would be cool for Ace and Aids to have, at least for the president, to have an old lady, um, and you know, him saying "I still love you," Brooke kind of being, you know, affected by that statement. Uh, I, I just, I think the seeds have been planted. Would not surprise me at all to see Brooke turn. If not tonight, in the not too distant future. Yeah, I mean, it, when they did the whole "I still love you" thing, I was like, "Well, this is where the turn's going to take place." You know, this is where she'll, whether it happens tomorrow or you know at the pay per view, or whatever. I thought they're going to do a turn. She will. She will join up with them. Um, she's, you know, com- she's going to play the conflicted, you know, girl, but at the same time, she's really been a part of this thing all along. Um, but here's another scenario that I thought about too. Um, you know, we haven't seen Matt Morgan since he lost the Sting to 
for this for this title match, what if he got involved somehow and either became a part of the Aces and Eights to uh, or just or just to be like another player involved in the in the mix um, in the title picture, maybe setting something up with him and uh, Bully Ray down the line, maybe him costing Sting the match, um, and then they just wait for the Brook turn because I almost feel like it's too obvious that they're going to do the Brook turn tonight, considering that this is Sting's, you know, last opportunity at the world title if he doesn't win tonight. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. I, I, oh, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Mark. No, go ahead, Ken. <laughs> Thanks. I'll let I, you go on this one. Go ahead. I, I, I think it's an excellent point. I didn't even think of Morgan, but I, I think cause it, it kind of, what would be good about it is that in the in the devastation of never being able to go after the championship again, it immediately puts Sting in a storyline that he's going to want vengeance, um, and and it puts uh, Morgan in a high profile storyline uh, going after Sting. So uh, it definitely sets up uh, some good stuff down the road between the two of them. Um, and I don't think you necessarily need Morgan to join Ace and Eights. He could just be like, I'm I'm pissed that I didn't get this opportunity. So he can kind of be another free agent out there. I, I think that would be uh, an excellent idea, and it definitely uh, could work, especially in a no-holds-barred type setting. You're, what do you think, Mike? I think you guys are uh, right on the button. The blueprint, Matt Morgan, as he likes to call himself. I don't know. Is he calling himself that these days or whatever? Anyway, I, I think that could work. I could see him costing Sting the match. I could see I could see him um, doing something like that. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean... I like the Aces and Eights scheme. Uh, I, I also love their new their new member Ryback. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like the whole Aces and Eights scheme. I just wonder when it's going to come to an end. It's kind of it's kind of going to be like when's the NW when was the NWO going to come to an end? Exactly. But, uh, that's why you gotta... That's my thought about that. I get you. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's like I keep saying, like you got to work backwards and know, uh, you know, exactly how you want to end it, so you know how to facilitate the storyline going forward. Mike, how is pl- um how did you guys do with the pepper mill uh, Friday night? We did well. We did. Uh, we we ran. We uh, raised some good funds. Uh, we we definitely put together some money for the American Cancer Society. It was a a good night for uh, wrestling fans to kind of hang out and uh, raise some money for a good cause. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm all, I'm always in favor of um you know doing good cause and, and using wrestling as a good cause. Wrestling is a really good fundraiser, and I uh I love when people use it for the good. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Thanks, Mike. As always, thanks for the call. Next week, I'll give you some updates about some little some wrestling business that I got going on. We got we have a wrestling show coming up this uh, next Saturday night, uh, June 8th. With Tommy Dreamer, he's going to be in the house in Staten Island. Um, we're going to do something. Uh, it's going to be big for ECPW, as always, Kino Caruso and them. So we're going to do that. And then uh, BWO June 15th. So we got some wrestling going down. But Dave, Diamond, Diamond Dave and Big Ken, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, brothers. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, Mike. Lots Thanks, Mike. There's good stuff talking about that. That's You know, Dave, that's, uh, you know, Let's talk briefly. I mean, you know, I didn't even think of that. That's a real good. Is that your prediction that that uh, Morgan gets involved? No, I, I I wouldn't go as far as saying that's a that's a prediction. I think they might go with the uh, I, I think they might go with the obvious and have her 
either fully turn on and, and costing the match and join up with the Aces and Eights or, in it, or inadvertently cost him the match and then it leads to the turn eventually with, with her joining up with her husband, Bully Ray, again. Um, but I think under the – I mean, it's obvious under the no-holds-barred stipulation, all kinds of tomfoolery and shenanigans could take place. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had a Matt Morgan. And I think I, – I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea because – it, it takes away from the obvious that, that, that it seems they're going with. You know, it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they they went with the obvious and having Bully Ray be the president, and it worked, you know what I mean? But switch it up and surprise some people a little bit, you know. Maybe have Morgan get involved and set, set something up with him and Sting, or even, you know, him and Bully Ray, you know. I mean, who knows? But, um, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Bully Ray on this one. They really – they really are behind him and trying to make him an important figure in the company and, you know, have a lasting impression, you know, for the TNA audience as being the world champion. So I'm going to go with Bully Ray. Some kind of interference is going to take place. You're going to see something happen. Um, hell, I, this just popped up in my head. You know, for weeks on television, Hogan's been talking about how Sting doesn't have to go through with this, uh, you know, stipulation that, you know, Hogan's the boss. What if Hogan accidentally cost Sting the match? You know, like trying to get involved to interfere. Maybe he, you know, Hogan tries to use one of his crutches or something. I mean, is he, is he on crutches these days? I can never, you know, I don't know. But um, well, who knows? He I mean, he could, it could be something as simple as bringing, you know, Sting's bat down to the ring and somehow Bully Ray winds up getting a hold of it. Yeah, something like that, you know what I mean? And, like, Hogan could feel bad that he cost Sting this, this you know, opportunity, but Sting was the one that put himself in the situation. I mean, there's, there's a few different possibilities that can go with it. Um, I just hope that Sting doesn't win. Um, because to me as a wrestling fan, like, and it's no disrespect to, to, to the man himself, Sting, you know, he's a very talented performer and had a, a lasting impression um, on the wrestling industry for a long period of time, but... It's just I'm just tired of seeing like him being the savior, the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and being the one to like you know he saved TNA from you know countless different factions, and they put him in the world title picture. It's like I want to see somebody different, fresh and new. You know what I mean? It's that, that's my take on it. I don't. I really don't want to see Sting win the belt again. And I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. They could come up with some loophole if he were to lose tonight to get him a title shot back, but. Um, I, I just don't want to see it. I want to see Bully Ray win and continue on his path as being a dominant world champion, which you know could culminate at Bound for Glory. Oh, yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think you got to continue to put over Bully Ray as this, this dominant champ. And you know, the thing is with with Sting. I mean, you know, I, I think once you get to a certain age, I mean, I I like bringing these legends back, but I think limited roles. I think. Uh, a role like Hogan has right now as, as a GM, you bring legends back for that. I mean, I think that works well, but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, he doesn't necessarily need to be with the heavyweight championship. Plus, I mean, I think it, it serves two purposes. I mean, I think it gives, you know, it continues to build Bully Ray as, as a, a bona fide badass, a bona fide dominant heavyweight champion. And at the same time, it really adds some serious depth to the Sting character, a, a long veteran, you know, in the business forever, has done it all, you know, Hall of Famer. Where does he go now? 
never able to go after the championship again. What kind of person does Sting become? What kind of desperate person does he become? You know, where does where does he go? Does he become a, a darker character? Does he maybe walk away for a little while? Um, you know, what what happens with that character knowing that no matter what he does, he cannot go after that championship. He is ineligible to be in the BFG series because he cannot go after that championship. I think it just adds a lot of stuff. You know, if the creative is, is on point, there are a lot of different things that this can open up as far as what direction you go with the Sting character. So I think in Bully Ray winning actually helps both performers add a little bit more depth to each character. So we are running close to the end of this show, and you all know what it's time for. The Ken Reedy Show, not overproofed. This is the portion of our program where we talk about something in the world of professional wrestling, something that happened, maybe something on TV, maybe something not on TV, that you just kind of give your nod of approval to, and uh, this is it. This is the portion of our show we, we give our nod to. Dave, who gets your nod tonight? Tonight, this week, after watching all the wrestling that I could handle this week, um, they're really, you know, it's been weird lately. There really hasn't much that's been like come on and grab me, with the exception of guys like The Shield, but um, this week I give it to Ryback. Um, after watching what he did to Kofi Kingston on SmackDown, WWE, if you are listening, actually, you know, I know you're listening in some form or fashion, whether it's the janitor or the woman that scoops the scallop mashed potatoes in the cafeteria, I know you're listening. This is a Ryback you guys should have had a long time ago when you started this feud with John Cena, okay? He killed Kofi Kingston through three Tables, three tables. I haven't seen a like a beating like that in quite a while. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what took me back by it. I was like, this is the killer he needed to be. You know, he, he when when he started this heel run against John Cena, I was you know skeptical about it. I had you know some positive thoughts about it. You know, the potential it could have, but I just thought that you know it was just going to be some simple run-of-the-mill kind of heel run. But now he seems like a legitimate threat to John Cena. After what he did at the pay-per-view and what and what he did to Kofi Kingston, I, I mean, he just looks he, he looks like a killer. And he and, and it, it gravitates, excuse me, through the television screen that he's a killer. And this is exactly what you guys needed to do with him from the beginning if you wanted people to get emotionally invested in this boring-ass storyline with John Cena. So this week, my nod of approval goes to Ryback for killing Kofi Kingston and putting him through not one, not two, but three tables. And it also, listen up, folks, over there in Stanford, this also gives you guys the opportunity because Kofi is also having elbow, had elbow surgery this week. He's going to be out for four to eight weeks from what, from, from what I've been reading. It gives you the opportunity to maybe bring back a repackaged, a fresh Kofi Kingston and – you know, something that has been needed for him and his character for quite a while. Okay, I'm done. That was my that was my nod of approval. And my Rosen rant at the same time. <laughs> it's good stuff. You know, like I mean my, my nod is actually uh, a little bit a little bit outside of wrestling, but I, I gotta give my nod. You know, we did have our fundraiser uh this past 
Friday night, and um, you know they they battling cancer and everything. It's a it's a cause that's near and dear to me. Um, you know, it it just seems like I've lost a lot of people uh, over the years uh, to cancer in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, it's just it it sucks. Cancer sucks. Um, you know, a friend of mine from uh, high school this this past year, uh, you know, thirty seven years old, uh, lives leaves behind a wife and kids, passed away uh, this year, and it's just it's been a a cause that I you know I've gotten into, and I try to raise uh, as much money as I can each and every year doing the relay for life, and it just was a uh, it was a really cool night on Friday night, and everyone you know that was involved, uh, you know, just the show, and then discussing it here and everyone that helped out and uh you know i mean our our producer for the 1640 show uh sean dango uh sean bretherick like drove over an hour to to come and uh you know hang out and it, it was just it was a cool night and i just you know everyone who came and supported and and hung out uh you know it just it, it was exactly what we wanted it to be it was wrestling fans hanging out watching wrestling discussing wrestling uh you know, debating about things, and it just it wound up being a really cool night. Um, so, you know, everyone who supported, everyone who donated, uh, thank you so much. Uh, you're getting my nod this week. Uh, special nods really go out to uh, the Peppermill South, who allowed us to host the event uh, that night and threw in 20% of food and drink. Uh, Lucky 13 Promotions, who uh, donated uh, a bunch of picks for us to... Uh, raffle off as well as jordan thomas he also donated a few pictures to be raffled off uh m and j collectibles i mean you guys you you guys came through man there's like over 40 picks that they uh donated to the cause i mean some of the picks we were able to get like i mean tell me you wouldn't have wanted to buy a raffle ticket i mean we were able to package stuff together so when people won things they are winning more than one thing and we had one package it was our grand prize that it was uh Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, Ox Baker, Tito Santana, um, all autographed pictures by all of them and uh, three different DVDs. So, I mean, it was just stuff that, you know, all, every wrestling fan would, would want. Uh, it was just really great stuff. Thank you to Busted Open. Busted Open um, you know, donated a, a visit to Sirius XM Studios. Uh, Steve Off, who came by with a autographed picture and, and a t-shirt and he actually came by and hung out took some pictures with fans so thanks steve and uh nunzio or little guido you know giving us the uh autographed action figure as well as uh, he took some pics with fans he got there a little late but he got there came there wanted to be a part of it and took pictures with uh, a bunch of fans there and um you know, Wrestling on Fire we do that every Friday night uh, on MeTV but they gave us a box full of uh, DVDs, which was a Bruno San Martino shoot interview conducted by Joey Styles and Bill Apter. So, uh, stop the like you're a wrestling fan. How could you go wrong uh, spending $5 on a raffle ticket? So, a lot of the fans went away happy. A lot of people won some great stuff, and all those people donated. And we're still tallying all the funds up from the night, but we wound up raising uh, over $600 uh on the night to go to the American Cancer Society Relay for Life. So we're really happy about that. Collectively, everybody who supported us, who allowed me to go on and rant about this uh, for weeks and weeks and came out and 
thank you all. So this week you get my nod of approval. And there you have it. The Everyone who supported the Kenry Show, tap out Cancer and Ryback. Get this week's nod of approval. The Kenry Show, nod of approval. And we've reached the end, and we got about 15 seconds left. Dave, great show tonight. Absolutely, yes. Always a fun time here at the Ken Reedy Show. Looking forward to Slam a Verge. Hope you guys had a good time. We'll see you Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you so much for tuning in. Good night, everybody. <laughs>